Bills Talks podcast, where we talk NFL, fantasy football, and everything sports. We come here to get the most trustworthy, unbiased, and logical takes in all of sports. I am your host, Tyler Folsom. Buckle in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the T-Fulse Talks podcast, and and we had an exciting week four. Um, you know, we saw some some great performances. We saw some poor poor performances, and some good games. We're going to be going over all of that um, and how the COVID situation. We know we saw those games play. You know, obviously the Titans game ended up being a bye, but we did see the Chiefs and Patriots play on Monday night. Uh, we're going to be going over all of that, um, but this podcast is sponsored by Anchor FM. It is a free way to use your podcast. You can record, upload, and Anchor FM distributes the podcast for you to Google Play, Apple Music, and Spotify. So Anchor FM is the official podcast sponsor of this episode. Um, go out and get Anchor FM if you want to be... Uh, you know, putting out podcasts, and it's a, it's a really great source to, to start up a podcast. All right, so now we are going to be getting into the headlines. Uh, first off, Brady and the Bucks have an impressive comeback win after being down 24-7 to against the Chargers. Um, Justin Herbert came out, had two very long touchdowns, um, put the Chargers up 24-7, to and Brady and the Bucks came back to win 38 to 31. And to all of the Tom Brady doubters, to all of the people that were saying he's washed, Tom Brady is the effing goat. Like come on now. He's 43 years old and he goes out down 17 to the Chargers defense that gave Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' problems just a few weeks ago. Remember, this Chargers defense was the defense that went into overtime with the Chiefs in week two. And and we saw Brady light it up. Light it up as if he was in his prime. You know, five touchdowns, 380 yards, and and he had a game. Exactly, he had 369 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, we saw Mike Evans with seven catches for 122 yards and a touchdown. And, um, like, this is just, I don't think people are understanding the greatness that we're witnessing in Tom Brady. He's still a top five quarterback. Like, he has 11 touchdowns on the year in four games, 12 total because he had a rushing touchdown. He's averaging three touchdowns a game, and he's playing pretty, you know, good defense. He's not playing shit teams like Josh Allen has been playing. And, and wow, this is just, it really is incredible. Tom Brady's the GOAT. See, if you look at it this way, when Peyton Manning was in his age 39 season, which was his last season in the NFL in 2015, he won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. But what people don't remember is he had a very bad year. In Peyton Manning's age 39 season, 
He threw for 16 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. Brady is his age 43 or his 20th season in the NFL. And and you can you if you can say, "Oh, he has great targets and Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin was hurt. He was out. Mike Evans was limping after catching touchdowns. I mean, Brady was throwing dimes to OJ Howard, little white receiver Scotty Miller, Justin Watson, Gronk had a nice grab. I mean, Brady's back. The Bucks are 3 and 1. I mean, like, that is just a big middle finger to all of the Tom Brady doubters. Like, Tom Brady's here, and he's not going anywhere. And I think the Bucks are going to make a deep playoff run. They're ahead of the NFC South right now. I don't think... I think everyone thought the Saints were going to be ahead. The Saints are 2-2. Two and two, Bucks 3-1. and one. Brady's back, baby. Brady's back. And now, we're going to go back to Brady's old team. We're going to talk about the Patriots. Because the Patriots... Lost to the Chiefs 26-10, but I don't think the score does justice to how close this game really was. Um, We'll start with the fact that Newton didn't play because of the COVID situation, um, which is weird. And this is is why I think... I think there's a conspiracy behind this, right? So Cam Newton gets tested positive for COVID and is asymptomatic, right? Okay, that, that's a thing. I understand that being asymptomatic and having COVID is a thing. But Cam Newton is the quarterback practicing with the whole team the whole week, being around all of these people, and you're telling me that not one person got infected with it when he's been around the whole team being a quarterback, not wearing a mask? Like, like, I know this is crazy to say, but like, what if, what if, like it that was rigged and like someone like gave him a fake positive test like it's not out of the realm of possibilities cuz he's asymptomatic he didn't give it to anyone on the offense anyone that even anyone on the team maybe pat maybe patrick mahomes forging those fake emails saying that he tested positive but i just i just want to bring that up just a little conspiracy theory for that but um brian hoyer <laughs> was was god god awful god awful just terrible i mean the only way we were we were bringing the ball down the field was by running like quite literally the only reason we were bringing the ball down the field is because we were running and it's it's 6 to 3 right at the end of the second half about 20 seconds left we don't have a timeout and Bro- bozo brian hoyer takes a sack he takes a sack. And the clock runs out, and we don't get a field goal. That's a chip shot field goal, 30-yard field goal. It's 6-6, tied and going in a half. All right, let's talk about the bullshit, the bullshit fumble. Patrick Mahomes goes back, sacked by Chase Winovich, fumbles the ball in his own territory, and the, and the refs blow the whistle. What is that? Like, come on, the ref screwed us last year taking back a Nikhil Harry touchdown, and now we get a strip sack on Patrick Mahomes, and and, and they blow the whistle? I mean, the Patriots recovered. They, they said he was down. He was not even down. Everyone watched the replay. Tony Romo knew he wasn't down. He fumbled the ball. That should be Patriots ball in the red zone. And also, there were so many times Mahomes should have been picked off, and Patriots D-backs just dropped it. 
And so anyways, it's 6-3. It's 6-3 going into the end of the third quarter. We're almost going into fourth quarter, being 6-3. The pass defense is playing good. You know, best offense in the league, only six points going into the fourth quarter. And what happens? We're in the red zone again, and Brian Hoyer fumbles it. Like, oh my god, he he's an absolute liability. Brian Hoyer, how is this quarterback in the league? And you're telling me Brian Hoyer is better than Kaepernick? Like, I'm not a Kaepernick fan, but, like, Brian Hoyer is fucking terrible. And anyways, they fumble it, Chiefs score, and then Brian Hoyer has to lead maybe a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter, maybe a game-tying drive, right? Because now the score is... is 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 13 to 3 and then Brian Hoyer throws a pick. All right, pull out Brian Hoyer and then Stidham comes in. Homie, if Stidham's available, why didn't he start the game? Hello, hello. St- they, you put Stidham in in the fourth quarter after Brian Hoyer pretty much turns it over like 2-3 times and now you put Stidham in? I thought Stidham didn't play cuz he was injured. You're telling me that Stidham was was healthy, and and Stidham was the guy before we picked up Cam Newton. I think everyone can agree with that. And you put Brian Hoyer in, who's been in the league for so many years. Everyone knows what Brian Hoyer is going to give you. He's he's a mediocre to to bad quarterback. He's been with five different teams. You know he's not that good. He's kind of bad, especially against the Chiefs, who have a pretty good defense. Brian Hoyer is terrible. He he should he's probably out of the league after this. And so Stidham comes in, and and they dr- drives down and scores a touchdown. First first drive was Stidham in. Drives down. Obviously, it was carried by a long run by Damian Harris, who I'm going to get into later. But but drives down and scores a touchdown. And and he throws a, a beautiful fade to Nikhil Harry. A beautiful fade. And, and that was a nice throw by Stidham. That was a nice throw by Stidham. And then... Chiefs get the ball back. I think they scored. Yeah, they did score again. I think that was to um, it was to Hardman, and then uh, Stidham, you know, let him down the field again, and then threw a pick. Uh, and there was there was a pick six in there, um, which Stidham threw. That wasn't his fault. He threw that in the fourth quarter. It it, it tipped off of Edelman's hands, and uh, it was a pick six. Just unfortunate. Edelman should have caught that. And Stidham threw one more pick, which was a deep ball that was a little bit overthrown. Um, neither of the quarterbacks look good, but f- what my takeaway from that is, I think the Chiefs, the the Patriots defense is good enough to only hold. The, once again, seven of those points was a pick six, so we really only held the Chiefs offense to 19 points. That's a that's a win, like. Like, if you hold the Chiefs offense to 19 points, you should win the game. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Not with Brian Hoyer starting. You can hold the Chiefs to, to 9 points instead of 19. But uh, I'm glad. I'm hoping Newton comes back next week because Hoyer is terrible. Please never put him in again. And maybe St- at least Stidham is aggressive and, and at least throws deep. I mean, Hoyer is t- just terrible. Not a, not even a good game manager. Hoping Cam Newton comes back. But I, I still I still like this team. Damian Harris looked very good. 19 carries for 100 yards. Damian Harris looked very, very good. Um, but yeah, 
Chiefs take down the Patriots 26 to 10. Um, that was the final score, and we move on to the next week where the Patriots play the Denver Broncos. Hoping Cam Newton will be back for that. And the last headline, Browns versus Cowboys game. Um, let's just say the Cowboys defense is absolutely fucking atrocious. Atrocious. Uh, so bad. Like, the wor- like they've let up 39-plus points, I'm pretty sure, every single game this season. Sorry, the last three weeks. The last three weeks, they've let up 39-plus points. They were down to 41 to 14. Like, you, you won't believe how much Dak Prescott has to throw. Dak Prescott has a brutal defense. Who was like wet paper. Just just lets anything go through, and and he had to throw the ball 58 times. And Dak Prescott, if you look at his numbers, he's putting up MVP type numbers. Dak Prescott has 1,700 passing yards in four games. That's over 400 yards a game. Well, yeah, because his defense is letting up leads and leads. And he threw for 502 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. And and I don't even think this game shows that the Browns' offense is good. I just think it shows that the Cowboys' defense is just absolutely atrocious. And let's look at this stat. Baker Mayfield, the starting quarterback, only threw for 165 yards. When the offense put up 49 points, that has to be a first. I've never seen that. Only 160 yards when you put up 49 points? <laughs> they, they put up 300 yards on the ground. Well, I mean, wow. And we saw Nick Chubb get hurt, go down with, I think, was a knee injury. Going to put him on IR, be out around six weeks. Uh, that's That stinks for Nick Chubb owners and fantasy. Um, but Odell Beckham went off this game. Um, and and with this, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right into the studs and duds of the week. So as I just said, uh, studs and duds, the best players of the week that like really went off, had a breakout week, and then the duds are the players that we thought were gonna do good, and stunk. So as I just said, you know, going into the next segment, we're talking about the Browns and Cowboys. Uh, Odell Beckham went off, which stinks because I had to play against Odell Beckham this week in fantasy. Odell Beckham had two carries for 73 yards and a touchdown. Yes, you heard that right. Odell rushed for 73 yards and a touchdown. And he also caught five catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns on eight targets. So Odell Beckham went crazy. That that 70-yard touchdown that he had was a reverse. It was an end-around play, and he looked fast. He looked he looked like... like a high schooler playing against little leagues. I mean, that's pretty much what the Cowboys defense is though, but he he just ran just ran up the entire sidelines and they were just grabbing air. I mean, if you watch the replay on that Odell Beckham reverse sweep for a touchdown, I'm not even joking. There were two Cowboys players that literally like dove and just grabbed air like trying to tackle Odell. It was actually pathetic. Um Odell Beckham went off. Another another big player that I said was a stardom this week and I said that you should buy low on him. I'm hoping you guys listen to that because Joe Mixon had a game. Joe Mixon 151 rushing yards, two rush touchdowns, 30 reception yards, and a reception touchdown. Along with 
six catches on all six of his targets. And he rushed the ball 25 times. I mean, I was saying this in the last podcast. Joe Mixon, I mean, it's not when he's, it's not whether or not he's going to break out. It's when he's going to break out. We know he's a talented running back. We've seen that over the past few years. Um, I was just saying Zach Taylor needs to learn to use Joe Mixon. And it's almost like he listened to my podcast because he gave Joe Mixon the ball 31 times. And... And I mean, they won the game, so I'm hoping I'm hoping that Zach Taylor like learns from this. Oh, if I give Joe Mixon the ball, we're we're, we're in good hands, right? We're in good hands. Three touchdowns and 181 total yards. I mean, he's the star of that offense, is he not? Great compliment to young quarterback Joe Burrow too. Um, and I know this is a this is a this could be an outlier performance, but. I, I think I think Joe Mixon is is a top ten running back, top fifteen running back from now on. I know he's not going to repeat these forty point performances, but I think I think you can start him next week against Baltimore. I think now, you know, Bengals realize okay, Joe Mixon is legitimate, legitimate running back, legitimate star. Um, comparisons to like an Alvin Kamara type running back where he can catch it and run it. Um, I would start Joe Mixon week in and week out. Um, you know, he does have very, very high value right now, so you could sell high on Joe Mixon, but there's really not that many running backs out there with all of these injuries. You know, Eckler goes down this week. We saw Barkley and McCaffrey go down. Uh, we just saw Chubb go down. So, so the running back position is pretty thin right now. I would hold on to Joe Mixon unless you get a really good offer for him. All right, going into the next stud of the week, as we already mentioned, so I'm just going to go over this briefly. We saw Dak Prescott, 500 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, yeah, he threw the ball a million times because, uh, yeah, his defense is, is like wet paper. Um, very bad. So uh, Dak Prescott is is going to be a top three quarterback throughout the season, especially if this defense is so bad. He's going to be playing from behind and just throwing it so many times. And then Tom Brady, as I already talked about too, 370 yards, five touchdowns. He's looking good, although I would hinder expectations because he's playing the Bears this week, who do have a very good pass defense. Um, I would just hinder expectations. I don't think he'll have another 40-point performance. Um, <clears throat> another another star of the week. Uh, let me see right here. We have Dalvin Cook, who had... Um, Dalvin Cook at 130 rushing yards, two rush touchdowns, and 16 reception yards uh, for around 30 points. Dalvin Cook is another star running back who we've seen be good week in and week out over the past few years. He's a star every week. Um, DJ Chark. Here's someone I was talking about, maybe a buy-low candidate I said to start him this week. Um, He played the Bengals, and he went off for 95 reception yards and two touchdowns. Um, this is the DJ Chark we saw from last year. Now that he's healthy, um, he's back with his boy Gardner Minshew, throwing him the ball a lot. We know that the Jaguars don't have a good defense either, so so um, he really saw the benefit from that. 95 reception yards and two touchdowns. As you see, a common trend here: uh, a lot of the quarterbacks and receivers that do very well in fantasy have a crap defense because they're down a lot and they have to throw the ball. So you know. 
Um, and then here is a guy who's a sleeper. I don't think anyone had this guy. And I actually picked up this guy before Monday night. I saw him on the waiver wires. I saw that his production was trending upward. And with all the injuries in the Green Bay Packers offense, I was thinking this guy could be a key piece. And wow, did I did I really score a home run on this. Um, in my league, I picked up Robert Tanyan before this Monday night game. And although I already started Mike Gusecki, who stinks, I wish I, st- I wish I could have picked up Tanyan earlier in the week before Marcus- Mike Gusecki played. But um, Robert Tanyan, six catches on six targets, 98 reception yards, and three touchdowns. Um, he is now the tight end one on the season. Uh, Robert Tanyan, go out, go to your waiver wire, and go get him. Um, with the tight end position being so thin, Robert Tanyan is is Rogers. He's a good red zone target. He looks good. People were comparing him to like a mini Kittle. I mean, he's got that good tight end name in Rob, <laughs> like Gronk. Um, maybe the next Gronk, Rob Tanyan, Rob Gronkowski. Um, yeah, go out and get him. Although they do have a bye this week, which stinks, so I don't get to play Robert Tanya in week five. Um, week six, they play Tampa Bay, then Houston, then Minnesota. Uh, you can play him in those weeks. Uh, yeah, go ahead and get Robert Tanya. He, he could be he could be a potential league winner if he keeps up this production. Um, and the last stud of the week, um, I'm sure George Kittle owners were very satisfied with his performance. You know, he was hurt during weeks two and three, and he comes back in a big way. Um, 15 targets, 15 receptions, 183 yards and a touchdown. It seemed like he was the whole offense with Jarek McKinnon also having a pretty good game running the ball. Um, yeah, Kittle, we've seen him do good with all types of quarterbacks. You know, obviously he did good with Garoppolo, and two different backup quarterbacks played for the Niners. Um, yeah, start George Kittle. He's a star. I think he's the best tight end in the league. Um, him and Kelsey. Uh, George Kittle went off this week. So those are all the studs of the week. Um, and now we have to go to the <laughs> little little negative side, uh, the duds of the week. And the number one dud of the week, I hate to say this, because he was one of my stardoms, it's Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake just can't seem to get get his foot on the ground. Can't seem to get something going. Uh, he had he had 13 carries for 35 yards and no catches. And this was against a favorable matchup in the second worst run defense in the Carolina Panthers. I I don't know why Drake is bad. He had a, a three touchdown game and a four touchdown game at the end of last year. It seemed like Drake was going to be the workhorse back here, and it almost seems like Kyler Murray is running the ball more than Kenyon Drake. Kyler Murray has more rush yards on the season than Kenyon Drake. Um, I would hold on to him for now. Kenyon Drake owners don't panic I wouldn't start him I would say just put him on your bench and kind of see what happens um and we saw from last year he he had a really bad start with the Dolphins 
and then he kind of turned it on at the end of the year when he was traded to the Cardinals. Um, um, I would just leave him on your bench and see what happens. I mean, if you're very desperate of a running back, you could buy low on Kenyon Drake if you had all your running backs already tear their ACLs. Um, but it just seems like, is it the O-line? Is it his talent? Maybe a little bit of both. Um, but right now, Kenyon Drake is bad, and I can't, I can't start him. I really can't start him. All right, next dud is Calvin Ridley. Um, I think... I think this wasn't all of Calvin Ridley's fault. I think it was it was just more of the fact that the Atlanta Falcons pass game in general didn't do very good. I, I think that Packers secondary is very underrated and Jire I don't know if I pronounce this correctly, but Jerry Alexander is a stud corner for the Packers and he kinda shut down Ridley. Um he had five targets for zero catches, zero yards. Um I wouldn't be worried. I really wouldn't be worried as a Calvin Ridley owner. I think that was just an outlier week. Um, play him next week. And, uh, yeah, I play him next week against the Panthers. That's a pretty good matchup. Uh, I, I'm not too worried. Next one was Robert Woods. Had six catches on seven targets for only 35 yards. Um, I think this was also an outlier performance. This whole Rams-Giants game was ugly. 17-9 final score. We really didn't have, like, any good fantasy production outside of maybe a long Cooper Cup touchdown. Um, in this game, he did have six catches, which isn't bad, but in a non-PPR league, obviously you're getting no value out of only 3.7 points. Um, Robert Woods, I think this is just a down week. I wouldn't look too much into it. He's still getting a lot of targets, I think. Just, just the game style and the gameplay was just poor in both offenses so so that happened Julio Jones only 35 yards once again the Falcons pass attack just looked off this week and you can't really do much about that I think the Packers defense is just very good um, and DeAndre Hopkins another another dud of this week um, another game where the offense just looked bad Hopkins had a dud, and and same with and same with Kenyon Drake on that team. Um, he's still getting so many targets. He had nine targets for seven receptions, but only 41 yards. Um, uh, I I think he'll bounce back next week against the Jets. I think the Cardinals will score a lot of points, and and he'll really bounce back for you in a good way next week. And our last two duds are Tyler Lockett and Darrell Henderson. Uh, Lockett only had 39 yards um, in a favorable matchup against the Dolphins. Um, Lockett's been really having a good season. Uh, I would I would keep starting him. I, I wouldn't knock too concerned. And then Daryl Henderson had another bad performance, and that was the same game that Robert Woods played in. Daryl Henderson, um, I think he's fine. I think the Giants had a pretty good run defense, and... I think that was just a sloppy game in general. Alright. Now that we're done with the studs and duds of the week, we are moving on to our waiver wire pickups. And the number one waiver wire pickup, I would say, uh, is Robert Tanyan. 
he Robert Tanyan is has five touchdowns, which is the most in the league for tight ends. Um, Robert Tanyan looks like a top target for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and Robert Tanyan did not play in week one. Week two, 25 receptions. I mean, sorry. 25 reception yards and a touchdown. Week three, 50 reception yards and a touchdown. Week four, 98 reception yards and three touchdowns. He has five total touchdowns on the year, which is the most in the league for receiving. Um, and, you know, he seems like that red zone target. I would I, I can't say he's going to be scoring 28 points a game, you know, moving on. But I think he'll be, you know, a top, top seven tight end, you know, for the season out. I just think Rodgers has gained trust in Tanyan. We are seeing him run deep routes. We are seeing him run intermediate routes where he would get yards after the catch. Um, Tanyan's available in 91% of leagues. I would go out and get him now. I would I would pay anything to get Robert Tanyan as my tight end, especially when there's been so many disappointing tight ends so far this year. So go out and get Robert Tanyan. Um, and when we're on... While we're on the list of tight ends that you should go out and grab. I would also say you should go out and grab Mo Alley Cox. He is a tight end for the mini for the sorry, Indianapolis Colts. Um, he looks like almost Philip Rivers Antonio Gates per se. As we saw Antonio Gates get so many so many red zone opportunities and so many touchdowns under Philip Rivers. Um, he's been thrown to the tight end his whole career, I think Philip Rivers really favors the tight end, and so that's the number one tight end for the Colts is Mo Ali Cox, um, and he's actually had um, a lot of touchdowns lately, just as Tanyan has had. Um, he'll probably be not as targeted as often. Um, when when I'm saying targeted, as if people in your league probably aren't targeting him on the waiver wire as much as they're targeting Tanyan. So if you do if you do need a uh, tight end, I would go ahead and get him. Um, he's had he's had uh, 11 points, 11 points, and then nine points. So pretty consistent production, good red zone target, and um, I'd go ahead and get Moali Cox if you really need a tight end. Next up on our waiver wire is D. Ernest Johnson, running back for the Cleveland Browns. So. Um, so Nick Chubb got hurt, went down. Nick Chubb, we're gonna. I'm looking up the injury timetable for Nick Chubb, and it looks a little lengthy. He just got put on the IR today. Um, he has a knee injury. It's looking like an MCL sprain, um, which usually sidelines for roughly six weeks. So he's gonna be out for a good chunk of time, and. And we saw the Cleveland Browns run for 300 yards against the Cowboys. And so we know that the Browns' offense is centered around their run game, right? We saw Nick Chubb and we saw Kareem Hunt, you know, kind of go. They both kind of went off each week when it comes to their run game and throwing to the running backs out of the backfield. Now that Nick Chubb is out, we saw, we saw Ernest Johnson come in. And we saw him actually replace Chubb in, in a good way. We saw Dearness Johnson rush for 13 times for 95 yards against the Cowboys. 
um, averaging over seven yards per carry. That's really good, and he actually got more touches on the ground than Kareem Hunt. And I think this is one of the few offenses in the NFL where two fantasy-relevant running backs can coexist, right? And since it's such a ground-heavy team, I think Dearness Johnson is going to be a pretty good play. Um, I, I could even start him at flex this week. Um, you know, he can kind of take over that Nick Chubb role where he's the ground-and-pound type of back. He looked good. I mean, <laughs> the announcer actually said, Oh, and there goes and there goes um, Kareem Hunt off for a long gain. Oh, excuse me, that was Dearness Johnson. They, they actually look very similar. But um, Dearness Johnson looks like a good running back. I would go ahead and pick him up if you need a running back. Um, he's probably going to be pretty heavily targeted this week in fantasy. So I would go ahead and pick up Dearness Johnson. And the next player on my waiver wire pickup is another tight end. We're going over tight ends a lot this week because it's really rare to find a quality tight end. It's tough, you know. There's there's not many tight ends that are consistent, and um, and one of one of them is is uh, Dalton Schultz. He's looked pretty good over the past three weeks uh, against the Browns. He had eight targets for f for four catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Um, that that equivalents to 17 fantasy points, which is really good out of a tight end. Um, and the week before. He had six targets for four catches and 48 yards. And then the week before that, he had 10 targets for nine catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Dalton Schultz is is a is a tight end one, you know, a high-end tight end. And, and if he's available in your league, go out and get him. I would say Schultz and Tanyan should be the two highly targeted tight ends. Um... But as I was saying before, since the Cowboys' defense is so bad, Schultz is going to be getting a lot of targets. And, um, you know, we've seen we've seen the Cowboys use the tight end a lot in the past with Jason Winton. Um, and we saw Blake Jarwin go down, so Schultz is the main guy in Dallas. Um, you can go get out. You can go get Schultz, and you can play him this week against the New York Giants. All right, we're, we're kind of coming down to our last few waiver wire pickups. Um... Another one is Damian Harris. As I mentioned before, he looked very good. Um, he rushed for 100 total yards against the Chiefs in a game where they were trailing. He was one of the few um, bright spots, actually, in the Patriots offense. Uh, Damian Harris rushed 17 times for 100 yards. Um, and, and I think... You know he he came off of the waiver. Sorry, he came off of the injured reserve. Um, he wasn't activated the first three weeks. He was barely activated at all in his rookie year. This is his second year in the NFL, running back for the Patriots. People in camp were saying Damian Harris was the guy. You know this is our new go-to running back. Our new, you know every down type of guy, obviously in a Bel Belichick system, I don't think we ever see a Patriots running back that's an every down type of guy, but um, I think he's going to be getting the ball a lot, and I think 
he'll be even better with Cam Newton in with a double running fret threat and Cam Newton running and Damian Harris running. And you can go out and get Damian Harris for probably a pretty low value. All right. On to our next waiver wire target, Brandon Ayuk. We're on to the wide receiver section of the waiver wire. Brandon Ayuk is a wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. And he is very athletic. And he's had a, a solid last two weeks. Um, in week three against the Giants, he had 31 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, along with 70 receiving yards on five catches on eight targets. Um, really good week in week three. And then this past week, um, he only had two receptions on five targets for 18 yards, but he had a really long 38-yard touchdown run in which he looked incredibly athletic and hurtling a defender on his way to the end zone. Um, it looks like this is just, you know, their type of athlete that they're going to be using any way that he can get the ball, whether it's, you know, pitching it to him, giving it him, giving it to him on an end around, or throwing it to him. It seems like Kyle Shanahan really wants Ayuk involved in the offense, and so I think you should also have Ayuk involved in your fantasy team. So you can go ahead and pick up Brandon Ayuk this week. And now, last but least for this week's waiver wire targets, I would say is T. Higgins. Um, this is another team that has a bad defense and has a quarterback that's going to have to throw the ball a lot in the Cincinnati Bengals, and T. Higgins is is the wide receiver, too, for this team. And a wide receiver, too, for the team that throws the ball a lot is definitely going to be a fantasy-relevant player. We saw him get 77 total yards and a 13-yard rush on seven targets, four catches, and five touches total. And the previous week, he had two touchdowns on 40 targets. Um, you know, and they're playing the Ravens next week in a game that they're going to be trailing, as this is probably a common trend this year for the Bengals, that they're going to be trailing a lot of games, which means they're going to be throwing. And I think players like T. Higgins are going to be really benefiting from that. And all right, that is all I got for today's podcast. If you've listened all the way through, I really appreciate it. I really, truly do appreciate it. Um, I've been wanting to start up a podcast for a while, and now that we have this on the ground and running, um, I'm really satisfied with how these are coming out. I'm using Audacity, um, which is which is an application used to edit these podcasts. And um, I'm going to be posting at least twice a week. So um, if you're still listening... Um, be expecting a podcast uh, probably around Saturday um, at the latest, and I'll be going over the starts and sits of the week. Um, but once again, thank you for thank you for listening, and um, if you could give me that five star rating, I would greatly appreciate that. And everyone have a great day. Thank you.